Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Amen. Reading to you from Psalm 34. Today's word is entitled God Rescues the Righteous. God just, He does, He rescues the righteous. Psalm 34. Verse 17, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and he saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all of them. Amen. There's many promises from God in the Bible, many promises of the Holy Ghost. But one thing that is not promised to the people is that we would never have trouble. He never promised us that we would never have our hearts broken. He never promised us that we would never have afflictions. But you can count on it when you are a righteous person. God won't let you sink. He'll pull you out of the water. God won't let you stumble forever. He'll pick you back up. Amen. Just like the certain man who fell among thieves, the Lord is the good Samaritan. Amen. Who travels to pick us up, to pour oil and wine on our wounds and get us at a good place until we are restored. How many are thankful here today that God didn't let you suffer? He didn't let you go through it too long, but he brought you out of trouble and the affliction. Oh, praise the Lord. It's a promise to those who are righteous. That if they will just but cry out unto the Lord, he will not turn his eye and he will not turn his ear. Oh no, but he will bow down his ear unto the righteous that cry out and he will deliver them out of all their troubles. Praise God. To be righteous, biblically, I define it as essentially anyone who is right with God. When the Lord looks at your life, he is pleased with your life. Your life brings him joy, and he counts unto you righteousness. And if you have that label unto him, amen, you've got VIP status with your voice in heaven, praise the Lord. I meet people all the time. They question me about prayer, and I am shocked to hear so many people in this generation that feel like God does not listen, that God is just simply far out and doesn't care about the affairs of men. Oh no, my Bible says that he is enthroned in the praises of his people. In Revelation, John, when he got a vision of heaven and the throne of God, he said, I looked around and I saw the angels. I looked around and I saw the elders. But he said there were voices coming out of the throne and I couldn't see a face. You know who those voices are? It is the prayers and the praises of the saints of Almighty God. Amen. And when you prayed today already... As Brother Nathan released a spirit of miracles in this house, amen. Your prayers did not stay here in this sanctuary at 11400 View High Drive. Oh, no, but your prayers already touched the throne of God, and he heard your prayers, and he wants to answer it. Praise God. You know, the Lord could have anything around his throne. 
He could have any noise he wanted, but the noise he wants to constantly be bombarded with to soothe his ears and to bring joy to his heart are the prayers of his people. It's the cryings out of his people. God likes it. He hears it. And he will answer the prayers of the righteous. Praise the Lord. I know this works. I'm a witness of it. When I was in Bible college, I was 19 years old. And I drove a little five-speed pickup truck. You know, I thought when I got that thing, I would be so cool. Get all kinds of dates. Have all kinds of friends. I had a car, you know. But then I realized if you got a truck, it ain't about friends. It's about people calling to have you help them move. You know what I'm talking about. And, uh, well, praise the Lord anyhow. But I was on my way to a church service that night. This was in the year 2002, driving that truck on my way to church. And I was just thinking about my life, thinking about school, missing home, all of the things going on in a Bible college student's mind. And as I looked up down the road, I was just kind of in a neighborhood subdivision street. And I looked up and about 100 yards away, an enormous SUV jacked up on wheels real high up, you know, real tricked out, right? He was coming at me, coming out of a neighborhood, coming at me as fast as he could, 100 miles an hour. And I thought, man, somebody's in a hurry. And as I watched this car begin to swerve in and out of other cars, and I thought, whoa, he's in a real hurry. And I watched as he swerved a car, and I thought, he's not only in a hurry swerving in and out of cars, but here in about a second and a half, he's about to hit me, a head-on collision. And it went from, oh, look at somebody into a hurry as to, I might die right here, right now. I could have said a lot of things in that moment. I'm in a little five-speed pickup truck. If you've driven one of those, you know they go, but not very fast. Only one word came to my mind. It was not help. It was not, oh no. It was not, oh God. You know what it was? Jesus. It flew out of my mouth. And I watched as that truck, that big old SUV, began to tip over like this. He was coming right at me. My truck instantly went from 40 miles an hour to like 150 miles an hour. I didn't accelerate. I didn't do anything. But it was like some invisible being got on the back of my truck and just went poof like that and shoved me forward. And I watched in my rearview mirror as that truck crashed and began to roll. I was so terrified. I thought about getting out and investigating what was going on, but instead I called the authorities and told them, and I found out in the paper, everything's okay, you know, after that. But I got to church, and when I got down, and I sat down, and I realized I almost just died today. I've never almost just died in my life. All I did was call on the name of the Lord, and here I am to live another day. Let me tell you, I was in trouble. I didn't ask for it, but life just brought it to me. And all I had was to call on the name of the Lord. And I'm alive here today, 20 years later, because of the power of the living God and calling on his name. Praise the Lord. Oh, clap your hands unto him and put a shout together with it. Some of you know what I'm talking about. God got you out of trouble because you called on his name. The apostolic church brought back volume into the house of worship. We said no longer are we going to sit with our arms folded and quiet. Oh no, that's not what the Bible talks about worship. 
Oh, but when it talks about praise and worship, there's hands raised. There's hand clapping. There's joyful noise, not solemn silence. Oh, no, but joyful noise in the house of the Lord. I get it every once in a while. you got to pray with a whisper just like Hannah. But there are some times in life you know deep down inside, God doesn't want my whisper today. He doesn't just want my little thoughts today. Oh, no. But he wants the volume of my voice, amen, raised up to him and to heaven. He wants to hear it. He wants to feel it. He wants a shaking done in the spirit world. Praise God. Several years ago, I was a guest preacher in a church, and the Saturday night before the Sunday service, the pastor said, hey, I'd like to, you to accompany me, and we'll go to dinner and all, but I'd like you to come with me to the hospital and pray for a lady in our church. I said, absolutely, let's go pray. You know, it's moments like that, maybe at late at night when you're tired, somebody texts you or something wanting prayer, don't ever ignore it. You want to see miracles happen, whenever the opportunity comes, go for it. That's why Jesus said, yes, I'll go to the house and pray for the sick girl. Yes, I'll go to the house and pray for the son. Because you never know what God wants to do. Amen. Let him interrupt your schedule. Praise the Lord. And so we went there to the hospital. And this lady, a young lady, young married lady, 21, 22 years old, was terminally ill with a horrible sickness. And I looked down at her. And the pastor told me on the way there, he said, I don't understand it. I cannot get this lady to pray. I cannot get this lady to come forward for prayer. She just sits in the back, and she's been in and out of this hospital now for the past year. She'll come in, get better, get back out, come to church, and she never prays. And so I walked up to her, knowing that I'm probably never going to see her again after this weekend. And I began to talk with her, counsel her a little bit. And I said, Sister, I've been hearing that you haven't been crying out to the Lord for healing. And she said, No. I haven't. And I said, why? And she says, I don't like it when people bother me, and I just really don't feel like bothering God or anybody else. I'm just going to suffer on my own and in silence, and if God just wants to heal me, he'll heal me. And I look over there in the corner, and there's her husband. He had kept his composure and remained calm and at peace and still that entire time. But when she said that, I saw this man burst out into tears and began to sob. He couldn't control his peace and couldn't control his emotions. And I quoted to her this psalm. It just came out of me. And I just said to her, you know, the righteous cries out and the Lord hears and the Lord delivers them out of all their troubles. And when I ministered the scripture to her, all of a sudden the feeling of shame and guilt and not wanting to make her request known unto God and instantly changed. And I watched this lady raise her frail hands up to the Lord, could hardly even lift her hands, but to my shock and amazement, a weak, sickly voice, all of a sudden, the strength of the Lord came upon her. And in that moment, in that hospital bed, she began to cry out, Jesus, deliver me from death. Jesus, deliver me from sickness. And I watched as her countenance changed and the strength began to come back into her body. And she was at church that very next morning and she's alive and well to this day because she cried out to the Lord in a time of trouble. I'm fascinated with angels, as many of you are here. I don't worship them. I don't summon them. 
I'm not in charge of them. That's up to God. But from time to time in my life, my eyes have been opened to these angelic beings here in this worship service and other places, including my car and in my home. And I believe that they are interested in our lives and want to get involved in our lives. And there's many things that they are attracted to, such as praise and worship, things such as hospitality. But I'll tell you something else they are attracted to, and that is the raising of your voice to Almighty God. The very first story of an angel in the Bible, it's not when Moses parted the Red Sea. It was not when Joshua marched around the walls of Jericho. It was not when David fought a giant. Oh, no. You know who it was? Hagar, a single mom and her baby, cast out of their house. She was not evil. She was not wicked, but obeyed her master. And because of that, I believe the Lord counted to her righteousness. And she is there in the wilderness, suffering, no food, no water. She lays her son underneath the small bush she could find in the desert. And they begin to cry out to the Lord. And the Bible says the Lord heard her voice and an angel called out to them. And all of a sudden water appeared and provision appeared. And they were able to survive that. Can I tell you this? When you call out to the Lord, heaven opens up. And you may just have an angelic messenger sent to you someday. Oh, praise God. The voice of anguish moves the Holy Spirit. When your heart is broken... When your soul is open, that's the moment when it doesn't matter about eloquent words. Eloquent words don't really impress God. Sometimes it connects with mankind, but let me tell you this, the greatest noise that you can ever cry out to the Lord is a heavy, burdened, anguished heart unto the Lord and just praying to him that he would hear you. Psalmist says God is near the brokenhearted. And he saves those with a contrite spirit. A broken heart. We use that word a lot. And let me tell you here in the Bible, it's not referring to a bad, bad breakup with your girlfriend. Although maybe some of you, that's going on in your life. I remember the summer of 2008. I was dating somebody and she kicked me to the curb and I'd given up hope. I'd lost all hope. I thought, my God, I'm called to be single the rest of my life. My heart was broke until about four years, or excuse me, four days. Thank God, not four years. <laughs> four days later, I met Sister Anna, a man, and the rest is history. Praise the Lord. And maybe somebody who's just gone through a bad breakup, that can happen to you. Praise the Lord. Amen. This coming Thursday, amen, four days later. But yeah, brokenhearted. For <laughs> Here in this psalm, I define brokenhearted as like a metaphor for intense emotional stress and pain. It's when a righteous person, their soul is damaged by the trouble and the affliction of this world. It's when they bring their spirit to God for healing and repair. It's literally breaking open the heart. It's when you let your guard down and you open the door to the Spirit of God for absolute transformation. I've read the Bible through many times. You know what's not really in there a lot? A whole lot of DIY when it comes to your spirituality. 
You know, the do-it-to-yourself people. We got some in this church. You built your own house. You mow your own grass. You do all of the painting. You do all of the plumbing. Oh, I envy you. I wish I could do that. But there is no DIY. I don't care how much of an expert you are in spirituality. You cannot fix your broken heart. You cannot fix the voids inside of your soul that trouble and pain have caused you in your life. And God knows this, and that's why he said unto us, Come unto me, all of you that are of a heavy laden and a heavy burden. Come unto me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for it is so easy, and my burden is so light. Broken hearts. Many sinners come to the Lord with broken hearts, but it's not just sinners these days. It's the saints of the living God. The righteous people among us, we have had our spirits smashed. Our hearts have been smitten with hurts and with troubles. And usually when that happens, it has to do with people in your life. You know, trouble has to do with circumstances. It's usually your stuff, your property, your career, your things like that. That's usually what troubles you. But when it comes to the breaking of the heart, it's usually a person that did that to you. And oftentimes, that relationship, it feels like you are so distant from them now. It could be your marriage. It could be the relationship with your mother or father. The relationship with a child, a friend, a neighbor. And what was once close and once working out so good feels so distant and so far in between. A great void between you and them. What happened, what was said, what was done. It is so heartbreaking. A sign you're a righteous person with a broken heart is you feel so far away from God and from everyone else. That's what a broken heart will do to you. You feel like because I'm so broken and so vulnerable, I can't get close to anybody anymore. I don't want to hurt anymore. My spirit is so wounded. My life is so shattered. I don't want to get close to anyone anymore. And if you're not careful, the devil will drive you to isolation. He will drive you away from his house and his people simply because your heart and your emotions are not in line with God's spirit. And if you're not careful, the devil will lie to you and convince you that God doesn't care. That God is not for you. That God is perhaps against you. That God doesn't care for you anymore. That God doesn't want to use you anymore. That God has no intentions for you anymore. That's what the devil may say, but my Bible tells me that, oh, God is so close to a broken heart. He is so close to a contrite heart, to those who come to the Lord in pain, to those who come to the Lord, amen, with humility, to those who come to the Lord with remorse, to those who come to the Lord with repair, needing repair. Let me tell you this. I have learned a long time ago, the greater the hurt, the greater the victory. The greater the trouble, the greater the miracle. I was talking to somebody about this lately. He said, I don't feel like God's moving upon me. And he said, I don't get it. My life is so good right now. Everything is just so great right now. I don't have any problems. I think God should, you know, touch me and use me. And I said, ah, that's your problem. And I read him the story of the parable about the rich man. 
You know, the rich man's kind of talking to God and himself. I have worked so hard all my life, and I've got massive barns, and, and all of my storage units are full of food, and I've got gold, and I've got silver. I'm good. I'm perfect. I don't have need of anything. I've accomplished it. I'm a good role model. I'm a model citizen. My life is how everybody's life should be. I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And God looks down and says, you're a fool. Your soul is going to be required of you tonight. And Jesus also told another parable. He said a a Pharisee stood there in the temple and prayed and thanked God of how holy and how righteous he was and how no sin was in his life and how amazing he was. And he was telling God how awesome he was. But there in the back was a tax collector, a man who had not good favor and status in the mind of the people back then. And he's back there. He can't even lift his hands up, and instead he's hitting himself saying, I'm terrible. I'm worthless. I'm so sinful, God. Have mercy upon me. And Jesus said, who went away more justified in that moment? It was not the man who told God how wonderful he was. It was not the man who told God how good he was, but instead it was the man that said, I can't do it on my own. I'm a failure all on my own. I need God in my life. I need God to work it out. I need God to straighten me up. I don't care if you've been happily married for 600 years. Sorry, 60 years, excuse me. I I don't care if you've got 60 grandchildren. I don't care if you live on a large farm, a big old house, and everything. Never come to the Lord and say, I am so good, God. Oh, Lord, I'm so righteous. Oh, Lord, I am so wonderful. Look at me and how perfect I am. God, look at all I have accomplished, Lord. Look at all of the things. You know what God's going to do? He's going to look down and say to you, you're a fool. You are very much a fool, a fool. I don't care how perfect your life is. Never come to God thinking you're right and you've got it all fixed. Oh, my friend, you want to get the attention of God. Come to him and say, Lord, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm broken. I'm hurting. I can't make it without you. If it's not for you, I'll never have good things in my life. If it's not for you, I'll never have blessings for everything that I have and I own. It's because of your will and your good pleasure. That's a broken heart. That's a contrite spirit. That's the type of life that God wants to bless and keep on moving. Amen. Can we all clap our hands unto the Lord and just thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Many are the troubles and the afflictions of the righteous. Verse 19. Oh, I wish it said very few are the troubles and the afflictions of the righteous. It would be better if it said, you'll never have a problem in your life, righteous people. The word of God says many, many are the afflictions and the troubles of the righteous. It's been a mystery to all of us for centuries. Why is it that good people suffer? Why is it that righteous people have to go through hard times? Why is that? I just simply, the answer to that is because there is sin in the earth. Not because of your sin, but because of mankind's sin. And we are all mankind. And because of original sin, because of the sin of our forefathers, because of the sin here and now, 
You and I, because we are in a fallen world, we have to encounter troubles and afflictions, no matter how righteous you may be. You think about that. Read it in the Bible. There's nowhere it is promised to us that we would have a happy day every day, a joyous day every day. I've never had a perfect day in my life. I've never had a perfect day in my life. And I woke up on time this morning, and I thought, I woke up on time. I didn't hit the snooze. It's a habit I'm trying to get rid of. But uh, I put my uh, socks on. I was about to walk out, put my shoes on, and I looked down. I had two different pairs of shoes. <laughs> One was uh, the pair I wore last night at Fall Fest. The other was the dress shoe, and I thought, I've ruined my perfect day. <laughs> Some of us have bigger problems than that today. And maybe you have faced them even this morning. And I tell you this, when we were baptized, we were not baptized for the removal of our troubles. We were not baptized for the removal of the afflictions or our broken hearts. But we were baptized for the greatest problem that you and I have ever had, and that is the remission of our sins. So when trouble comes and you need to encourage yourself and find peace with God... Remember this, whatever's going on at home, whatever may be going on at work, whatever may be going on in the neighborhood or your life, remember this, no problem is greater than the problem of sin that once hurt your life and once destroyed your life and was going to destroy your soul for all eternity. Just thinking like that will help you get through it. Remember this, this world is not our home. This earth is not our final dwelling place, but we are looking for something greater beyond this world. And that is the realm of heaven where Jesus is, that you and I are going to be there someday, praise God. Thinking about the Lord, how he's forgiven you, how he's saved you, how he's given you a mansion in heaven someday. A lot of times just thinking like that, the trouble begins to vanish. The problems don't seem like problems anymore. And the worries you used to have, they seem to vanish away when you begin to encourage yourself in the apostolic faith, praise the Lord. But just as the wicked suffer from their sin, you and I have to suffer as they do. The only difference is who is going to pull them out. Many of them are trying to claw their way out and fight their way out. But you and I, we never try to do it all ourselves, but we realize we can only get out of trouble and affliction by crying out to Almighty God. Mm. If you're suffering demonic attack, cry out. If you're suffering from sickness, cry out. If even you're terminally ill and you've got a death sentence on your life, cry out. If you've been betrayed... If you feel like a friend, a loved one is backsliding, cry out to the Lord. And ultimately, the mercy and the deliverance of the Lord will be revealed to you through the escaping and the pulling out of your troubles and your afflictions. Praise God. If the musicians would please come. Amen. God's about to do something. Let's prepare our hearts right now. Can you just raise your hands while you're seated and say, Lord, I receive, Lord, your word today. And I may not be in trouble or afflicted right now, but I know it just might be around the corner, Lord. And I just call out to you that what happened here on this Sunday, October 2nd, Lord, that it would carry to my future and you would help me, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray. Praise God. 
Jesus is so holy and he's so perfect and he's so precious and if you're careful in trying to develop a friendship and a relationship with God you can picture God as somebody that doesn't understand what you're going through and somebody who can't relate to you but the New Testament teaches us that Jesus knows exactly what you were going through it's one of the reasons God manifested in the flesh to feel like us to sense what we have to experience what we've experienced and every pain and every dysfunction known to man in three and a half years the Lord experienced all of it he suffered rejection he shows up in his hometown to preach and to heal and the Bible says they nearly threw him over a cliff think about that I remember after preaching my first sermon, I thought I did terrible, and the Lord reminded me it went better than it did my first time. TLC didn't try to throw you over a cliff, praise the Lord. He suffered betrayal from a man that he mentored, from a man he called out to to follow him, betrayed him in the very end. And for those of you that have suffered great offense and great abuse, Evangelist Nick Mahaney talked about it just a few months ago here. The Bible says that the Roman soldiers abused him. Imagine that for what you will. He knows every pain that every person has gone through here in this room. He can relate to you. He knows the feeling. He knows the thoughts of it. And because he's gone through it and conquered it all, he wants to bring you through and to help you conquer every trouble and every affliction that you have gone through. There are serious situations in this church right now. Bishop oftentimes has said this room has become a hospital. And we come forward and Dr. Jesus fixes us. I love that. But today I got here this morning and I called out to the Lord and I said, Lord, let this be a hospital. Yes, let this be a place of healing, Lord. But I want today to become a situation room for somebody. I mean, it's like you don't know where to go or where to turn. I've called God, amen, to put a table before you in the presence of your enemies with maps and with papers and diagrams and solutions and things like this to get you out of the trouble, to get you out of the affliction. You're going to have to go through it, but you don't have to stay into it because my Bible says he'll bring you out of it. It says he'll deliver you from it. Amen, let's all stand, praise the Lord. Deliver you from it. Just like God has delivered us from demons. Just like God has delivered drugs and alcohol out of our lives. You, as it were, are stuck in the middle of a dark situation. And the deliverer has come to snatch you out of that problem and that trial here today. And David wrote about it. He had lions and bears trying to eat his little sheep and through the help of the Lord, he drove them out. He faced a giant that challenged him, his father, his brothers, his king, his army, just a little shepherd boy up against a giant and the Lord delivered him and his people that day, praise God. He had a family member that was seeking to kill him. He had to escape and to go into caves, but God delivered him from it. He had rebellion with his own children who tried to take his position in his life, and God delivered him from it. 
I'm telling you what, he knows all about affliction, David did. But at the end of this life, he wrote this psalm, the Lord delivered me out of all of them. I hated when I had to go through it. I had to endure it, but I didn't stay into it. But God brought me out and I made it and I lived to tell about it. I wonder if there's anybody in here, you want to have a story to tell about how God brought you out. I invite you to come down to this altar to stand with your hands raised or kneel before the Lord, but don't pray quietly today. Don't worry about eloquent words today. Don't worry about long phrases and sentences and speeches and, and all of that. Just simply come out to this altar and cry out to the Lord right now. If all you can do is just say, oh, say, oh. If all you can do is just say, uh, say, uh. But if you really want to get the attention of the Lord crowd him Jesus <laughs> Jesus my Lord amen amen God will bring you through it amen with a cry out to him he'll bring you through it amen if you'll lift your voice up to him hallelujah it's just TLC here today don't worry about what anybody thinks don't worry about who's near you just cry out to the Lord amen they don't know what you're going through they don't need to know what you're going through God knows what you're going through and if you call out to him today, God will rescue the righteous. He just will rescue the righteous. He just will rescue the righteous. Hallelujah. Jesus. 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 Victory fall right now in the situation room. Jesus right now fall on a broken heart. Jesus right now delivers somebody in trouble. Jesus right now delivers somebody who's afflicted right now. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.